everything NFL and then we'll see what we have time for after that but first things first Tom Brady retired yes (laughs) oh this day couldn't I I I remember you know remember people saying and I'm like you know I I want to hear him say I want I want to hear him say, okay, I don't want reports, I don't want rumors. I want him to say I am retiring. Okay. Because for some reason it's just that like I was in disbelief. Just like I mean, I will say it was surprising. He was I don't know if where he finished in the voting, but there were people making his case for MVP this year. And so um it was a little surprising that um he decided to retire while still performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I guess it was kind of surprising. Uh, considering I thought he just restructured his deal for like a few more years after they won the Super Bowl. Well, and he's been talking about, you know, I want to play to him 45. I want to play to him 45. I want to play to him 45. And now next year he'd be 45. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. All I know is, is like, I'm happy. Okay. I am happy. I don't have to hear. Actually, no, I, I still have to freaking hear about it because no one is accepting it. (laughs) <laughs> that's true everyone's saying well you don't know he could come back he could come back i'm like just let him lie <laughs> i was gonna say he he goes on a podcast and they're basically trying to get him to say either a he's never coming back or b he's most certainly coming back and tom brady just kind of gives like well never say never i guess you know like i have no plans to but if i want to i guess i will like and and that's all it ever was and people were like oh, he said never say never he said never say never you know oh cbs or uh, cbs 10 things fox 10 things nbc 10 things espn 20 things like you know they're all about oh tom brady's coming back oh if tom brady came back what team would he want to play for it's like first of all let's be honest tampa bay has his rights okay if, you know if he's gonna come back he's gonna play for tampa that's just how it works you don't retire and choose another team you know, I saw one article that says Tom Brady could consider uh, coming back and playing for the Colts. So I'm like, okay, who are the Colts going to give up to get Tom Brady? You know, that's why I kept seeing 49ers. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I, I I did see a lot of 49ers. So I'm like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, that seems like a fair trade. Like, no, like, Tom Brady's not coming back. Okay, he's not. We can only hope. Um. I, I just remember when all the speculation started and everyone's like, I don't want 
to see him retired. It's like I've been waiting for this guy to retire for 15 years. Like the like the I, I was gonna say, wasn't it like five years ago everyone was saying just retire? Like well, yeah, before he went to Tampa and he was looking starting to look bad at the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I just uh uh, I, I think I was talking about this a little bit with Casey, but the the I stand firm in my belief that will I say because everyone says you know def- automatically default he's the greatest of all time, and I don't want to take away like I don't think anyone. In the next, I mean, how do I say this? I don't think anyone's going to come close to 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins in a long, 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 long time. Yeah, I don't want to say it's impossible, uh, but it's not impossible. It just happened. Well, I mean, it's not like it's impossible to like achieve it again, but I do get your point. Um, I'm just saying so much has to go right for that to be the case you know like i mean you look at him anyway it was very <coughs> sorry very stable organization a lot of the same coaches for a lot of years um ability ability to find talent in unexpected places like um I, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying I, it's a very 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 impressive accomplishment like there's I, I don't see it happening again. I don't see it being replicated again for a long time. But that being said, I can't give him greatest player of all time because Super just based on Super Bowls, because Super Bowls are a team accomplishment. You know, not no one person does that. Now, if I'm looking at a one player to play quarterback, there are a few. I would say I, I'm 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 not like Brady stinks, but I'm like Brady's top five, top eight in there. Like I'd say top fifty, you know. (laughs) But I mean, you know, like I'd say if I'm looking at people, I'm going, uh, and I don't think that's not to say like I don't think the leadership aspect of Brady can be overlooked. Um, but uh, part of the reason I don't put it all in the seven Super Bowls or whatever, I mean, the first three Super Bowls he had were his deep, like the defense. I mean, he just kind of walked in there. Um, he, uh, you know, he he wasn't putting up the performances to win the Super Bowls. You know, it was it was just kind of his defense was keeping them in the game. Um, uh, Vinatieri was kicking field goals. You know, like the. I just. <sighs> The Super Bowl is such a team accomplishment. I mean, it's the same reason I say LeBron's better than Jordan. I'm not just looking at the rings; those are team accomplishments. Um, and not, not to get into that, but it's the same thing, you know. Um, and so, like when I'm looking at quarterbacks, I'm like, I think Peyton Manning's a better quarterback. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. I, I'll give, I'll say this: I don't think if you'd asked me before this year. Heck, if you'd have asked me two months ago, I'd say Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. But after that playoff game, I'm not sure if I'm going to put him ahead of Brady at this point. He's got to show me something. Um, mm-hmm. But from a talent perspective, I'd say he's better than Brady. 
the the I think Josh Allen could be a better quarterback eventually. Right now he's he's a little he's still got a little growth to do, but he's on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're looking at heck these young guys now coming up. First of all, Brady's records are going to be gone in 15, 20 years because of the way the league has moved and these new guys coming in. Um, it's so pass heavy. I mean, the first half of Brady's career, it was very balanced. Like now it's so pass heavy. It's so in favor of uh, the quarterback and receiver relationship. And you got these young guys, like, I mean, you got Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and Allen and Lawrence and just the list goes on and on and on for all these young guys that keep coming into the league. Um, and I think they're all going to be, I mean, certainly trending towards all being great um i just think you know i'd say drew Brees is better than is better than brady and yeah the breeze made one super bowl or whatever but um you look at the way he played it's it's more dynamic at that position than what brady has done um and so I just, I don't, it's a great career. There's no doubt about that. It's a historic one. It'll probably never be matched as far as, you know, all the, you know, rings and the, and the Super Bowls and the, and just, you know, with the synonymous of Super Bowls is you say Super Bowl and, you know, what has been, what was this one? 56 and Brady's been in 10 of them. Like he's been in, almost a fifth of the Super Bowls in history. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I'm i just. I do respect Brady, okay? I hate his guts, okay? I, I'm, I don't know where I want to, what I want to do. Do I want to be mushy right here? And I'm like, Oh heck no. I hate his gut so much. I, I, I like, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's part of it is I've spent what 15 years hating him. I can't just be celebratory right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm never going to call him the goat. Never. It, it ain't going to happen. Okay. Um, you know, I will admit he is the most decorative quarterback. I will say that. And um, basically, he's living the dream. Got to play the game he loves for a very long time, and he's got a supermodel wife, and yeah, probably has 10 houses, okay? Like, the man's living the dream, and I guess I could raise a glass to him. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know what else to say like am i am i gonna glorify him i'm like no heck no i don't think there i don't think there was ever a game i rooted for him i don't like never no that's true um yeah there uh, there wasn't for me there every every game he's ever been in i've been rooting against and you know i'm so the other reason i'm glad he retired do you know how much more enjoyable this super bowl was and this playoffs was once there was no team I hated in it. Uh, see, that's where I'll disagree with you. I I love having an enemy and like a hero when I watch it. Okay. 
Yeah, but but for me, I think this is where we differ. I mean, it's similarly in our in our um, betting habits. Like you ride it out, and you 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 risk it all, and you da da da. And I'm like, just give me the safe, guaranteed win, this and that. And uh, so I prefer just being cool, being relaxed, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, it's not hero and villain. The stakes aren't as high, but." no chance the villain's going to win, you know, like, (laughs) like you're sitting here, like I want a hero and a villain. I want a hero and a villain, but the villain won a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm ready for a new villain. Like, uh, (laughs) like, you know, I, you know, I thought it was going to be the Seahawks for a while because it's like, oh, darn, I hate the Seahawks. And it's like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I thought it would be the Saints because, you know, they broke my heart in 2009. Um, but uh, no, it turned out Drew Brees had to be such a stand up guy. And I'm like, well, I hate you so much, but I can't. But <laughs> you know how it is. Um, and yeah, I did think it was the Seahawks for a little bit, but then they collapsed and. You know, and I need a new villain. Okay, I think the Chiefs are slowly starting to turn into that, but it's like mm. I would say, yeah, the Chiefs are slowly starting to turn in. I, for the fact that everyone liked the Chiefs, and now that they've won a lot, people are starting to hate them. Now they haven't won as much, obviously, but the the they've been in the. I mean, every year Mahomes has played, he's been in the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, it's like, uh, you know what? I was glad for Andy Reid, and I was glad for Mahomes when they won that first Super Bowl. And that second Super Bowl, they are going up against Brady. So it's like, okay, I'm, if it was him and Matt Stafford, I mean, I was full sent on the Rams. You know, it's like, okay, I am 100% on the Rams right now. The – um oh, what was I going to say? Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, um, but I was going to compare it to sports fans. Hear me out. Do sports fans, regardless of political affiliation, tend to be socialists? Because everyone gets mad when one person's winning it all, and they'd like to get it spread around a little bit. <laughs> I have thought about that. Yes, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, you're, you know, this is not the first thing that you know, first time you know something like this has come up. However, we do. Ans- I have had this question answered multiple times. I guess the uh, idea to make this work is parody, right? Yeah. However, you know, in my capitalistic mindset is, okay, so if you do really good, you don't get all the benefits of being bad. However, it still seems like every year you look at who is in drafting in the bottom 10 and who's drafting in the top 10. And, uh, you know, you know, mix or match them a little bit. It always seems to be like the same team. So it always seems to work its way out on that. Now, would I like a different Super Bowl winner every year? Yes. So could you call me a socialist in that regard? Maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. however, however, I will say that if it's every single team, 
that isn't the Indianapolis Colts. I will be a-okay if the Colts win the Super Bowl for the next 50 years. I will not have a single problem with that. So <laughs> in that way, I do mind capital, you know, the capitalistic viewpoint. So I mean there's give and take here. We don't want to see, you know, someone else win it for a long time. We like the variety. Okay, so, that. The, so the problem here is everyone wants to see their team win. And if their team is not winning, they're going to hate whoever just keeps winning. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. We have we got some coaching news. This is all before um, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So the Giants hired Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, to be their new head coach. Mm-hmm. Um. Wasn't super surprising. I mean, the his name had been out there, especially after this year. Um, what Josh Allen has done, mm-hmm. um, but Brian Flores, who we who we assumed, you know, or we all thought was pretty shocking, he got fired in Miami. Um, is now suing the NFL, the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Giants in particular for racism in hiring. Um, the I mean, he, he came out with a lot. Um, said that in Miami he was being offered, the owner was offering him $100,000 for every loss. Um, and so that is a whole another set of things when it comes to, you know, the integrity of the league and the, um, especially with like sports gambling and stuff like that becoming prevalent. Um, but uh, I think the Giants was – Belichick had texted him or something mm-hmm. and he found out that his interview with them was just for, you know, part of the Rooney rule is you have to interview so many minority candidates. And he found out he was basically just being interviewed to meet that requirement. And they'd already decided to go with Dable. Um mm-hmm. which I, I, I think I proposed that's my issue with the Rooney rule. Like I get the, idea behind it but i feel like it'd be more obvious for us to call stuff out if it wasn't there because then you just say well they didn't interview anybody (laughs) or they're only interviewing you know white people or whatever and you'd be able to go that's a little more obvious than a team that can use it as a well we you know we interviewed two minority candidates like we're supposed to or whatever like we're not being racist you know like the um whole thing i'm interested to see how this goes um i mean i don't really have it, it is i will say before lovey smith was hired the, it was interesting that i think it was 31 of the 32 teams like mike tomlin was the only african american coach in the NFL. And when you look at a league that's 75% African American players, and you think players probably have the most experience of being coaches, it just kind of, you know, felt off. (laughs) Um, And then you look at a guy like Flores, who it seems like did a good job in Miami, um, had winning seasons, even when they were trying to lose, apparently. Um, And, uh, and then he's not able to even get a second job because these other places are hiring coordinators. It was like, I think he's probably the most qualified candidate, you know? 
Um, so I think he definitely has a case, you know. Um, Mike Tomlin did bring him on to be their what is it, assistant defensive linebackers coach or something. Um, so I think he's just probably the most overqualified linebackers coach in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, in addition to that, the Colts hired Gus Bradley to be the defensive coordinator. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd hire Brian Flores. Of course, once the, I think once the lawsuit came out, teams were kind of like, well, we don't want to be, we don't want to have a, we don't want to hire a guy who's right now suing the league. Um, but I thought Brian Flores wouldn't be a bad defensive coordinator. Um, oh, no, I was going to say, like, you know, as soon as it went that, you know, he wasn't getting any hires, and I'm like, uh, uh, can we get this guy as our defensive coordinator? Like, yeah, and I think we did talk about Gus Bradley because I think you were the one that told me he was he was with the Jags with Ramsey and the Legion of Boom and stuff. Yeah. Um the Dolphins hired 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. Um, which I find interesting because everyone kind of knows Kyle Shanahan is kind of the offensive guy there. So I guess they're just hoping that he learns stuff. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels because he's a douchebag. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong yeah I mean come on I mean this guy um, <laughs> the, the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell although it seemed like they were going to hire Jim Harbaugh from Michigan uh, and then he like went back to Michigan kind of I don't know what happened but it seemed like that was a pretty done deal and now he went back to Michigan um, and the Jags hired Doug Peterson and the Texans hired Lovey Smith and the Saints promoted Dennis out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think probably my, you know, I dare I say, it, I called for his name to be on the chopping block. What was it, a year or two ago? Um, Doug Peterson to the Jaguars. Uh, I, I actually think that was probably one of the better hires. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad one. I mean, it's definitely better than Urban. Anything's better than Urban. My goodness, <laughs> that one. I, 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 you know, I don't remember if I was an advocate for that or not, but I apologize for any kind of advocacy I had for Urban Meyer as a I, coach. I, all I said about Urban was I think it's going to go one of two ways. There's only two ways it'll go. It'll be a massive success or it'll be a massive failure. They're not going to be an (laughs) Mm in-between. And so I say that I was right. (laughs) I mean, but I don't even think you could have predicted what in the world happened. I mean, I I couldn't have defined what massive failure was going to be. That was more than a massive failure, but the... (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I thought massive failure was going to be like, they're going to be two and 14, three and 13, you know, try, struggling to uh, really get anything going. He might, he might get tired out after a few years of losing or da, 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 da. I could not have even imagined that it was going to be urban's just going to cause issue after issue and force them to fire him in less than a season. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I hate to say that I like the Jag hire, but you know I I do. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like Lovey Smith. I feel like I don't know if Lovey Smith has anything else to give to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably he's he's probably getting brought in because he's been in the league a long time. He's got kind of this um, established. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's has kind of been established in the league. Um, this is a team that's going through a heavy rebuild. Mm-hmm. And so maybe trying to bring someone in who can establish some sort of culture, establish some sort of um, consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I don't see the Texans being good anytime soon. I mean, we've been the Jags, before. the Jags. I'm a little worried about with all their yeah. young talent getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Davis Mills at the very end of the year, he had some, I, I don't, I don't want to say great performance, but, but they were quality. I, let me just say this. They were better than what Carson Wentz put out in the end of the yeah, season. They were, they were. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I mean, um, Alvin Kamara was arrested shortly after the Pro Bowl, and it sounds like it's not going good. I think Casey was telling me they're thinking he may not be able to play this next year. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think there were later reports. Once more details came to light that he was actually arrested before the Pro Bowl, and that there was like a deal made to release him so that he can play in the game. And then there was like some, I don't know if there was like a legal wheeling and dealing or some kind of wheeling and dealing. I just heard that from somewhere and people are going to have to fact check me on it. But uh, yeah, uh, there was, I feel like there were also more players involved if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's not good. Saints are just kind of falling apart since Breeze left. I mean, he did bring that organization out of the out of the dirt it was in, and so yeah, looks like it's going. Looks like it's sinking back in the mud. Um, let's see. Do we talk about Washington Commanders? Uh, I think I we think had. We, to, I think I they think announced on the second. Yeah, again, stupid name, but it's better than the football team. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's my summary of it. I mean, hey, Washington Commies, let's go. I remember because you're the one who told me about let's go Commando. That's a, such a better cheer. <laughs> we I mean, are Commanders. Bom 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 bom. But like, imagine, imagine if you know. Obviously, it's DC, so they're not fun. But like, if you put that in like a, a like a southern like team, a college football town, and you had college football fans going to the Washington Commanders game, they'd be like, "Let's go, Commando! Let's go, Commando!" <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a fun place to be at. <laughs> um, the end of season awards. 
You had Rodgers as the MVP. You had Cooper Cup as Offensive Player of the Year. You had TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I believe Vrabel was Coach of the Year. And Whitworth was the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I don't really have much of any problems with any of those outside of I feel so bad because I feel like the reason why Jonathan Taylor did not get offensive player of the year is because Carson Wentz sucks. Well, I was just going to say the collapse by the team. Yeah, well, it's because Carson Wentz sucks. If Carson Wentz was any better, they'd have made the playoffs and Jonathan Taylor may have had a chance. I mean, you could say that about the Raiders game, but you can't say that about the Jaguars game. I'm I'm not convinced that if Andrew Luck was playing in that Jaggers game, they would. Oh my goodness! If Andrew no, Luck played, who, who Andrew played? Luck didn't need the rest of the team. He was going to AFC Championship games with garbage. <laughs> well, just to let you know that trend of not winning in Jacksonville goes all the way back to the Andrew Luck era, and who was playing well against the Jaguars? No, I I know everyone was playing bad in Jacksonville, but Carson Wentz in particular stinks. Yes, uh, you know that Ra- that Raiders game. Okay, okay, a better quarterback would have won that Raiders game. I will give that to you. But yeah, I was disappointed for Kenny Moore too. I thought it with Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Um, I think he, I think he would have came close. I think, I, I think he I did. But I, yeah, I just felt, I just felt bad for him. Um, the the real question is when's Darius Leonard going to be in the conversation of Defensive Player of the Year? at this point never i mean come on like don't get me wrong tj watt's amazing aaron donald's amazing but are we going to give it to those two every single year i mean this is the first time they've given it to tj <laughs> well tj watt was snubbed last year that's what happened that's i know but you said we're going to give it to them every year the reason tj watt even got it this year is because he hadn't won it yet Move on, just move on. <laughs> just move on. Um, <laughs> the uh the Hall of Fame class came out and it is a pile of hot steaming garbage. I know the fact that Reggie Wayne didn't make it. I mean, the fact that nobody made it. I mean, this list is terrible. They here's here's your list. You got Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil. I re- I recognize Richard Seymour. I recognize Richard Seymour, and I didn't put him in my ballot because I thought he doesn't compare to these other guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not close to Jared Allen. I, 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 you just, I mean, just by the numbers. Okay. I, I was going to say, Richard Seymour was definitely an impact player. Um, I don't know. It, it It's hard because that was like early 2000s, and it's hard to really – I feel like it's hard for me to get a good grasp of who was really, like, good in the early 2000s era um, just because I didn't really start paying attention until about mid-2000s. Um, but, yeah. I thought you were about ready to go on a whole spiel about how Devin Hester got. Well, that's two. I okay. The how is Devin Hester not a Hall of Famer? And I've got I got people that back me up. I forget who it was. They uh, 
uh, did a whole segment about how how it's just an injustice about Devin Hester not being in the hall. How in the world is Devin Hester? How is Demarcus Ware not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, the, this is this list is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Not taking anything away from anybody who did get elected in. Congratulations, but come on, the the. I mean, this is this. I who cares about this? Is the worst class we've had in years. I mean, it's definitely not the most knowing. I don't want to say it's the worst class just because I don't know 90% of them. I mean, these guys were probably really good, but it does feel like feels like a major down-to-earth group compared to the guys we had last year. Yeah. I just... Sick of the media getting votes, man. Um, I am too. The Colts are reported to release or trade Carson Wentz before mid-March when his salary would uh, get become guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of this report is true. At this point, when- I think it's pretty true. Well, I mean... I don't, uh, you know, he, he hear me out. You know, I'm the optimist. Okay, um, I watched both Frank Frank Wright's press conference and I watched Chris Ballard's press conference. I still think Frank Wright is completely sold on Carson Wentz. Of course um, he is. He's emotionally attached. I know. I know. Um, Chris Ballard, I it didn't seem like he was absolutely committed to getting rid of him, but it did sound like you know. He's definitely shopping around. Mm-hmm. And so I think here's how I see it. When there's going to be three people in the room that are going to make this decision, Jim Mersey, Chris Ballard, and Frank Wright. Frank Wright is vouching for Carson Wentz. Jim Mersey wants him gone. Chris Ballard's the guy in the middle that's trying to keep a cool head for both of them, acknowledging that, yeah, we need better quarterback play. But at the same time, if we can't upgrade, then it's just going to hurt the team in the long run. And I, he emphasized that, you know, a lot, um, a lot. You know, we're going to do try to do what's best for both the short term and the long term. And so I'm like, okay, you know, what does that look like? You know, I would love to get Russell Wilson. You know, that's a long term and a short term answer. But we don't have the capital. I, I, if you ask me, we don't have the capital to go out and get a, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And anything else is just a lateral move that we're trading whatever capital we do have to get those other guys. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think a first-round pick this year would definitely help towards getting those guys, but we gave that up for this guy who stinks. Um <laughs> We could have I mean, still, we could have still had it if we had gone with my idea, but um, you know, whatever. What, um, what was your idea? Bench Wentz. Oh. <laughs> if he doesn't play, we give up a second. If he plays, we give up a first. See, you know, obviously looking back, you know, it's like, oh, well, we weren't gonna make the playoffs anyway. 
Yep. But in my mind, in the here and now moment, if you have a pass to the playoffs, you got to take it. Wrong. It's just my competitive nature. Wrong. Um, I mean, here, here's the, I think here's the bottom line of it. What I had, what I had said to Casey is, I don't think we have enough to get Wilson, but I could see having enough for Rogers since he's 38, 39 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the price is going to be less for would be, and since he's caused so much disruption up there, I think the price would be less for Rogers than it would be for Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, one thing I'm curious of is. How much of Wentz's problem, you know, obviously you're never going to hear this, but how much of the Colts' problem with Wentz was his vaccination status? And if that's the case, are we going to have to deal with that with Aaron Rodgers as well? Like, is Ballard and... I I mean, I don't... I I mean, I wish Carson Wentz's vaccination status was more of a problem because he still played. Um, The... (laughs) That's so sad. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think you can say, oh, I think we have a problem with the vaccine. I mean, he didn't miss any time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, you know. Um, but it wasn't a topic of a lot of our conversation because especially at the beginning of the year, you know, there was lots of distractions. People like the media was like going after Ballard and Reich for saying, you know, oh, you know, when are you going to mandate this vaccine? It's like, we can't mandate it, but like, when are you going to force these guys to get vaccinated? And they're like, we can't force it. They're like, but when are you going to like, it's like they would not get it through their heads. And then when he did get COVID, they were like, told you he's a selfish player. He's going to cost the team. And it's like, actually, no, uh, he was actually back to play the following week. Um, uh, hey, <laughs> you can still be a selfish player and cost the team with being with being vaccinated. I mean it's just it was doesn't matter if your Carson wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's funny, like half the Colts roster against the Cardinals uh you know was gone and yet Darius Leonard was the only selfish player because he was unvaccinated. Yeah. But that but that's beside the point. But I'm just I, here's the I did see a report that Ursay wants Russ. Yeah, I, I did hear that he liked Russell Wilson. And don't get me wrong, I would not be against it. Now, here's the thing, though. <laughs> you know, as much as you don't care, I know you're not going to care. Carson Wentz would die in Seattle. That The Seattle is not him. Well, yeah, but I mean... I, I, that's not, why I kind of I'm not concerned about Carson Wentz at this point. He's done nothing for me. I know you're not, but you know, <laughs> I, that's why I hope a deal with Green Bay gets done because at least Carson could go to Green Bay where he fits the culture. I don't like, care about Carson. Um, I, I do. He seems like a stand-up guy. You know. The, uh, did you see? I forget who they were talking about on <laughs> on Pat McAfee's show. He had Boston Connor, and he was like. What he say? He's like, all I'm saying is they did apple spice jerseys, um, because they were. He was saying, maybe they were talking about training for Rogers or something. But they're going down. They're like, 
or Lamar maybe. And they were like, yeah, Indian indie fans buy the New Jersey for Lamar Jackson, walk around, have them in the backfield. That'd be great. You know, the, they'd come out in those jerseys. They, uh, those jerseys would sell or something. And he, and, they, and he goes, yeah, the jerseys would sell. Da, da, da. I mean, he's like, I mean, they bought jerseys for Winston. That guy stinks. <laughs> See, people like want to throw so much crap at him, but it's like I saw what's that show that Dan Orlovsky's on? Uh, uh Get Up Maybe or NFL yeah. Live. Okay, so he, he vouched for Carson Wentz. You know, a lot of people are vouching, a lot of people are against. And the guy who's opposing Dan Orlovsky said, uh, basically drug Carson Wentz's name through the mud, which, okay, I get it. I'm not, I'm used to at this point. And then said, Jimmy Garoppolo is what the Colts need. I saw that. I just, I literally just watched that. And here's, here's, I'll say if you, if you don't get Rogers, if you don't get Russ, if you don't get Kyler, if you don't get one of these guys, stick with Carson. I'm mm-hmm. not all, you know, I hate that Carson Wentz is our quarterback, but, I'm not all out on him because I know there's worse out there. Um, if you're if you make a move to switch Carson Wentz out for Jimmy Garoppolo, you're exchanging one problem for another. And ultimately, it could be worse because Jimmy Garoppolo had fewer touchdowns on more attempts, more interceptions, and fewer yards, and he won playoff games and made it to the NFC championship game. Can you imagine Carson Wentz goes to the 49ers throws 27 touchdowns and seven picks and gets to a Super Bowl with that roster? People like want to say that the, you know, if Carson Wentz exposed one thing about the Colts is that the Colts roster is not as good as what we think it is. We That's, have really good players in some areas. I, but what I, we, what? I, well, I think, what he exposed, I think part of it is our weapons suck outside of Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pittman is, I think Pittman would be an awesome number two. Yeah. But he's playing number one on our team. Yeah. Our number two receiver, I, I'm trying to think right now, T.Y. was hurt for most of the year. Number two receiver, Nate, is – uh. Pascal or Pittman or not Pittman, uh, Patton, something like that. Yeah, or... Pat, it was Pascal. Like he's what a top 125 receiver. Yeah, and he's our number two. Like, Good news is his contract's up. Finally, but the you know Paris Campbell. I think it's the the Paris Campbell not being able to stay healthy has really set the team back. Um. Oh, well, you're not going to like uh, Ballard's press conference. He's he's still in on uh, Paris Campbell. Oh, shut up. The This guy this guy was done the minute he stepped in the league. He's played an average of two quarters a season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ballard's got a uh, – here's the thing. If you can't make a move for the Rodgers, can't make a move for Russell, you have got to be aggressive this offseason in bringing in wide receivers and tight ends because right now you don't have any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, Carson Wentz, he goes to the 49ers and, you know, I mean, if he were to even get to the NFC championship game again, or, you know, 
lo and behold, win a Super Bowl because the 49ers have a Super Bowl winning capable offense or not offense team. That's going to look so bad on Indianapolis because they're going to be stuck with a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. And what I'm also going to point out is, you know, someone says, oh, the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts is so good. It's like, no, we're going to run offense. Our pass blocking was bottom 10 in the league. Yeah. Like, okay. So that tells me one, our left tackle sucks. That's true. Um, And so Eric Fisher's contracts up. I thank the Lord. Now it's time to go out and get a replacement, which there were super suitable replacements last year, but no, we didn't get them. Um, you know, obviously we need weapons. We need secondary. Okay. We need edge rushers. You know, there are so many things that we need because it was all evident in that Jaguars game. We couldn't get pressure. We couldn't defend the pass against Trevor Lawrence. We couldn't protect Wentz. Wentz threw picks. Uh, receivers couldn't get separation. Like, it was it was a mess of everything. It sounds like, like you know, if teams stack the box with seven or eight guys, that shuts down the offense. Yeah. I just – I will say, as someone – who it's tough because I look at Ballard and Reich and I like the culture and I like the, but there has been a lot of lack of success with the rosters that have been built. And Ballard's been there for five years now, and I get Andrew Luck was a wrench thrown in there. Mm-hmm. But he's been there for five years. We have – do we have – have we won a playoff game? Yes. Uh, he – you know, we won the game against Houston. With – who was quarterback? Andrew Luck. Oh, so back when we had Andrew Luck, we won a playoff game, but we haven't since. Yes. And that's been the longest time ago. Uh, 2018? Yeah, I mean, that would have been like Ballard's first year. Yeah. So that roster would have been no, mostly no. comprised of Grigson. No, 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 no. It was um, – Ballard's first year was 17. Frank Wright's first year was 18. Okay. So Ballard had two years to build the roster. So Reich hasn't won a playoff game since he first got in. Yeah, he hasn't won it since his first year with Andrew Luck. I mean, this is and and to be to be fair, he got his first playoff win with Andrew Luck. Okay, we get that. Second year, Jacob Brissett. Okay, Brissett's not a starter. He's a great back. Well, I don't, I don't even want to say great backup considering the year he had for mm-hmm. Miami. But um, he did okay for the Colts, but, you know, it wasn't there. Phillip Rivers, we played the Buffalo Bills, who went to the AFC Championship game, and we had our chance to beat them. Like, we, we just didn't get it done, but we did have a chance to beat it. Um, and then the, you know, infamous collapse of this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like – I like the culture that has been built um, and all that. I'm just – the lack of success is becoming very evident. 
Mm-hmm. And for what four years, five years, we've been we're building, we're building, we're building. We should be built now, <laughs> for the most part. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be as many holes as we have right now. Well, when you don't have a good quarterback, you know, it kind of exposes those. Yeah, but because- I mean, yeah, but I mean, we we don't have a good quarterback. We don't have good receivers. We don't have good tight ends. We have a poor pl- pass blocking O line. We have we don't have edge rushers. We don't have secondary. Like a lot of holes are open. Yeah, and you know, I think back to when Luck retired. You know, there were people calling for that for a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Because they had Leonard going into his second year. They had Nelson going into his second year. They had, uh, uh, you know, Mac, who was, who I think just came off of a thousand yard season. Uh, and so there was like a lot of excitement for it. And so it was like, okay, so this team's built. And so Jacoby tried to make it work. He couldn't. And it filled rivers. And it feels like the team is slowly starting to deteriorate because obviously players come and go. And, you know, it's like Ballard did a good job building it, but he hasn't done a good job sustaining it. Mm-hmm. Such as, you know, I, I think Ballard was the one that brought in Anthony Walker. However, he let Anthony Walker go. And, you know, obviously he wasn't that effective for Green Bay, I don't think. Or not Green Bay, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. I don't think he was that effective for Cleveland. However, I feel like Anthony Anthony Walker was still a good guy to have in the locker room because him and Darius Leonard had a close relationship, and they run that two middle linebacker set. Mm-hmm. But like when Darius Leonard went down, it was like, who's the uh, who's the guy? Like what? Okereke. Yeah. Which you know, I, actually, I do really like Okereke, but like, <laughs> I, don't know, just, I think one. we've we've got the levels. So we don't have the quarterback. We have Taylor. We don't have receivers. We have Nelson. Um, uh, we have Nelson and Kelly online. We have Buckner. We have Leonard. Um, maybe Blackman. Like. It's all like we have one guy on each level, but you need 11 starters. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We just don't have a whole lot of depth. Yeah. Um, so the Super Bowl, it was the Rams versus the Bengals in Los Angeles. Um, who are you rooting for, Ben? Uh, I was probably lean Cincinnati, but you know, like you said, uh, it wasn't really a, a like a villain Super Bowl. So it honestly wasn't. You know, people like people might say, "Oh, that was such a great game." I'm like, it wasn't really my most favorite Super Bowl to watch, mostly because I just wasn't as emotionally attached to like the team as I have been in the past. But uh, I mean, I was there. It was a good time. It was. It was. The stars were out. Cooper Cup won the MVP. The Rams, you know, drove down at the end, take the lead. I will say there was some controversy, you know, because the refs hadn't called anything, and all of a sudden their flags back to back, and the Rams got a touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, I mean, the second flag was definitely warranted. The first flag was not. However, well, 
here's the thing. I don't care because the Rams uh, should have been gifted a touchdown anyway because that's what the Bengals were gifted. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can call that warranted. I, I don't, you know, you know me. I'm never one to blame the officials, okay? So, you know, it, it was it was whatever. However, I will say one thing. The more mature team won that Super Bowl. Um, because if you recall, there was a, I know it was first and goal at the one, or at least second and goal at the one, one of the two, Matthew Stafford gets in, he rolls out and, you know, it's a basically a busted play. He throws it into the end zone of Cooper cup and Cooper cup catches it. And the Bengal player tries to take a shot at Cooper cup, but that was actually offsetting penalties because there was a holding there. If that Bengals corner is just, you know, keeps his head and just, you know, goes for the ball, tries to knock it out. If you don't, you know, whatever. The the Rams are a 10-yard penalty, and then that makes it a lot more realistic on stopping them on four tries. Mm. So I'm just like, and not to mention the Bengals hurt themselves when they scored that one touchdown and then the play. It was either a touchdown or an interception, and then a player ran or yeah. an undressed player ran out into the field, and I'm like, are you kidding me, guys? Like, Oh yeah. So, so the more mature team definitely I mean, won I mean, the Super Bowl, had, and I think that goes into it. The officials had only called a few penalties, and everything they had called on Cincinnati was like a personal foul. Yeah. Um, and it's like the Bengals' offensive line are trying to pick fights with Aaron Donald. I'm like, oh yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's what the like, guy said. He's like, Aaron Donald hasn't done much this far. I wouldn't be trying to make him mad now. Yeah. Um, that's what Cooper Cup won the MVP. I could make an argument that Aaron Donald could have been the MVP. Honestly, they're like I if you gave it to Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup, I'm not complaining. I think See, I would have complained a little about Stafford because I thought Coop or uh, Cup and uh Donald, I thought those were the two. It was Cup and Donald. Well, I mean, you know, obviously and you got to give a couple of bonus points to quarterbacks because yeah, but I mean, and I'll say before torn ACL, Odell was on path to win that. Yeah, I, uh, Odell was having a really good game. That was going to be a very tough matchup. Um, and once he went down, that's when changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, it, I feel it was, talk about the torn ACL. I feel bad for Odell. I don't know what I don't know what you do now. I mean, he's going to be out what a year. I mean, I, I mean, he, I mean, he's going to not be the he's NFL, not going to be ready for the start of the season because of how late he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he has a long offset off season to recoup. I mean, I don't think he's going to be out all of next season for whatever forever for whatever reason. NFL guys seem to be able to recover a lot faster than NBA guys. Um, at least it feels like to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine. And I think with how he performed with the Rams, there'll definitely be a market for him. Now, is he going to get the Michael Thomas contract? No. Um, but I think there's still going to be a market out there for him. And yeah. I think the team that takes a chance on him, you know. I just – I don't know. Do you – this is the second time I think he's torn this same ACO. I don't know. Does I'm, does Odell? Do you want the do you want the last thing people saw to be you killing it in the Super Bowl and winning it, or do you want to try coming back and being like half of what you were? Uh, well, here, here's the thing: if I'm Odell, okay, 
I just won a Super Bowl with the team I'm currently with. There's not going to be a huge market for me. And this team's good enough to make it back. And not to mention, I'm in one of the most marketable cities in the world, which is probably. Oh, yeah, I would definitely. If he doesn't retire, I'd recommend staying with the Rams. Yeah, it's like, you know, and if you and if you come back and it doesn't work, you might still get a second Super Bowl ring because Robert Woods is also coming back. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was about a seven-hour story about how Aaron Donald and Sean McVay were going to retire. I and that's just so bull crap. Yeah. Okay. So. You know, if if we want to rope this in with it, that's fine. But it just reminds me of it. Can we just talk about how I'm starting to hate the Super Bowl now? Why? Like, it, it, it's not a game, okay? Like, <laughs> it's just a show, a performance. Like, it's not, you know, it's it's become so much less about the game that it's like, just not fun for a football fan to watch anymore, at least in my perspective. Like elaborate. Like if you ask me what's the best game, what's the best football you're gonna see all year long? It's gonna be in the conference championship games. Like that's the best football you're gonna see. I mean and, this year it was in the divisional, but okay. I mean that is that's true, but like <laughs> in general. Um and then so you're thinking about the Super Bowl you know, you got the halftime shows, you got the commercials, and then not to mention the um, the uh, the breaks in between touchdowns and timeouts. They're extended to draw out the event. Um, you know, they're they're and then you know you have stories like, oh, Sean McVay could retire. This could be their last game. Aaron Donald could retire. This could be their last game. You know, try to hype up the event so much. And then, you know, I've heard, you know, I think Luke Keekley even said it, you know, when he was in the Super Bowl, he goes, there was actually a lot of standing around for playing a football game, you know, and it's, you know, it's just so weird. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's no home field advantage, really. So you really can't get the atmosphere of the game coming through your speakers. Uh, I don't know. It's just so hard for me to enjoy the you know, Super Bowl, and I don't know if this is a thing I'm just now starting to realize or if this has become more of a recent thing that we've seen in Super Bowls. It's where it's like, yeah, you basically just play and win the Super Bowl just so you can say you won a Super Bowl and get a ring and not to actually, you know, be a world champion. Because I feel like the player, I don't know, basically when I watch it, I'm like, okay, when a team wins a conference championship, that I feel like is when they win a championship in my book. I mean. Um, I don't completely agree, but I would say there is more, there's more made of the Super Bowl to be, I think because it's such a, I mean, the the study came out, I think they said 208 million people is what they're saying watched Super Bowl in the U.S. Mm-hmm. this year, which is like two-thirds of the population. Um, but that many people don't 
watch football, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot that goes on to make it more of a cultural event as opposed to just another football game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's taking all of the stuff out of the game. Um, I think it's more, I think it's, it's more of, I guess for me, it's more of a celebration of the season in addition to the end of the season and the last game and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. where like, especially this year, like I said, this is why I like not having a villain or whatever, but, um, it's like, I'm just watching this year's two best teams. Well, maybe not two best teams because it's just one and done, but the two teams that got here and I'm watching them and, um, I'm seeing what's going to happen you know, with the game, I'm seeing what's going to happen with the commercials. I'm seeing what's going to happen with the halftime show. I'm seeing what's going to happen. And I want to be talking about that stuff with people, you know, while it's all going on and having a good time and this and that, as opposed to, um, you know, a week 13 game where it's like, I'm going to be more dialed in on the game itself. I'll go to the bathroom during the commercials. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, not paying attention to the commercials, not necessarily getting together with everybody because I'll just sit down and watch a game. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's uh, me. It feels, I guess for me, I guess to, to put it in a way, it feels like a holiday as opposed to just a football game. Maybe. I don't know. Um See, you mentioned, you know, something that you can gather with friends and like, you know, talk with people about the game. If you ask me, I'm starting to grow more and more of the feeling that I don't want to go to Super Bowl parties. It depends for me. Like, I like I'm like, okay, what was the last time I had fun at a Super Bowl party? You know, it it probably would have had been one with like friends and family and we actually cared about the matchup and what the outcome was. Yeah. Cause no church Super Bowl party did I enjoy. Um in fact, a church Super Bowl party is actually known as the worst Super Bowl I ever watched. Um you know which one. Um and then um there was a couple at Grace College. And then I just had to hear people complain because the game wasn't high scoring or wasn't as exciting. And I'm like, I, 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 th- I, I think the key here, I don't think it is poor Super Bowl parties. I think it is finding the party you want to be at as far as who's at the party. Because you op- when, when you open it up, you talk about, you know, I went and saw it with the church. I went and saw it with the, um, at college. I think it depends on who's at the party. Because I, I, if you're watching it with the right people, I don't think it's a 
I, I think it's more fun to be with people for the Super Bowl. I guess I could see that. Because I, I, I think I think what you run into, like uh, I've been to some of those church Super Bowl parties, and what you run into is three quarters of the people there don't care. Like they're just there to hang out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I want to have a Super Bowl party with people who actually care about what's happening. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably I think that's probably what it all boils down to. It's like I want the Super Bowl to be about the game again. Yeah. Know? And not about the commercials. And I don't want it to be about the halftime show. I don't want it to be about the puppy bowl. I want it to I mean, be about on, the two be- the no two one best cares teams. About the puppy bowl. I mean, if you look at some of your TikToks, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. Uh, okay. But the, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I don't mind. I don't even mind if people are there for the commercials. I don't mind if they're there for the halftime show. It for me, it's all. I'm interested in all of it. But I think when you it, you have to balance it right. I think the the last few years, I'm trying to, you know, off the top of my head, like this year I watched it by myself. And it was like the first time I watched Super Bowl by myself in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the previous year, I had two friends over. The year before that, I went to, I helped out at a at a church, like youth group Super Bowl party. And I actually left it early and watched the rest of the game at home by myself. Um, uh, the year prior i watched it with a couple friends the year prior i watched it with a few friends and when i watched it with a few friends i guess i guess here's where what's your definition of party because my definition of party like i invite at like i would say no more the ideal for me no more than seven or eight people like what if you if you've are, i guess invited if you get over 10 people at the party you've gone too big for your super bowl party yeah that that that's that's and, a fair assessment and i'm going to and i'm controlling who's at the party because and not to not to <laughs> not to get over over critical here but like when i go and if i go and watch it with friends the times i've watched it with friends i've got a friend who's very into very into football uh maybe two or three like that i've got you know his wife's there she likes watching football okay his wife's there she doesn't care for football but she wants to see the commercials in the halftime that's fine i got you know this person's here they're they're they want to hang out um, they're just, they're here kind of for a mix of it. This person's here for the halftime show, but you've percentaged it out to where each person, if you're like me and you're there for all of it, each person has a, it's not all, I only care about the commercials and then I'm here for all of it, or I only care about the game, but I'm here for all of it. You know, it's 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 percentage out. Maybe, maybe. I think um, I think where you run into trouble is when you're in, when you're going to the 
the church ones or the whatever, and you got 50 people there and 35 of them don't care. Yeah, that, 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 that's my main issue. Um, like, I don't know, maybe call me like petty or whatever you want to, whatever more appropriate word there is for it. Um, so if you're at a Super Bowl party and you're playing cards the entire game and then you stop and you literally put the cards down to watch the halftime show and then continue playing cards and even in the clutch moment of the game, you know, you, you really could care less of what's going on. Like that, that's when I'm just like, you don't deserve this holiday. <laughs> you don't deserve this. Like it, it's like a, it's like a brat, it's like a bratty child waking up on Christmas morning, and get a whole bunch of toys. <laughs> you don't deserve these toys. Like you don't <laughs> deserve them. <laughs> um, like, I don't I mean, know. Here's the thing. If I'm like, at a my, party, my I don't, mom I don't can... like to have a lot of stuff going on. Like I'm there to watch. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I was at a, you know, one last year where they were like playing bingo with the Super Bowl commercials. I'm like, why? Uh, yeah, just here's here's my thing. I'm just I'm there to watch. So here's the thing. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get some food. We're gonna talk a little. We're gonna get there. You know, five thirty or whatever. Get some food. Uh, you know, you got your, your football food, you got your wings, you got your pizza, you got, you know, all the, all the football stuff. Then, you, you know, you're visiting, visiting. Oh, game starts at six 30. Here we go. Da, 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 da. We're watching it together. We are not, we, we are not having card games in one corner and, and th- you know, this in another corner. I, I don't, I cards, I guess I don't mind as much cause you can do it kind of, you know, at the same time but the i'm not looking for a major distraction of activities i'm there to watch like if you want to have these different corner groups and whatnot have a game night for crying out loud yeah not on super bowl night yeah it's about a game but an actual game night yes like like it's just i don't know like i guess i'm thinking about it and i think of what i might want to do next year is like i want to get about five or six of my closest football buds you know not 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 my friends because not all my friends like football just the football buds okay and i and you know have them over and we're gonna watch the game and you know we'll make comments about the commercials say whether we enjoyed or disliked the halftime show but ultimately when there's two minutes left on the clock and it's a one possession game we're all on the edge of our seats you know that's the crowd i want to be with on super bowl sunday yeah and it's like don't get me wrong. Like I've watched the Super Bowl. Like you know, my mom is like one of the best people to watch the Super Bowl, or is like one of the best people to watch the Super Bowl with. She won't really make any comments. She won't do much of anything. Thing, but like you know, when the game's on the line, you know, and she knows like what team I'm pulling for, you know, like she'll kind of get emotionally invested with it. Like when um uh, Patrick in the AFC Championship game, when Patrick Mahomes fumbled the ball on the uh, final drive, you know, I could see her face like shocked. Uh, and I'm like, mom, I didn't know you cared, but it's like, we were me and my household were rooting for the Bengals. Um, and so it was like to see that investment, I can kind of get behind, but for the people to say, yeah, I really don't even care about the game. I'm just like, well, then don't be here. Yeah. Don't be here. Don't, <laughs> you know, don't watch it. I'm sure there's like, you know, something else you could be, 
I'm sure you could be at home watching like Desperate Housewives or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, okay, you, you don't care about the game. Well, then, when they come do your stuff when there's not a game one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, it, like, I, I think like this year was like the last straw because it's like, I am tired of not enjoying a Super Bowl Sunday because I can't remember the last time I actually sat down and enjoy Super Bowl. Actually, it probably was at a church party. It was the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl. That was probably the last time I actually enjoyed a Super Bowl. Mm. And it's like, it's not even because my team's didn't win. I'm glad that the Rams won. I'm glad that the Chiefs beat the 49ers. But those were just such terrible environments. I was a well, not terrible environments, but like unenthusiastic environments that they're not even rememberable. It's like, I can remember where I was when Eli Manning broke out of the sack and threw that ball to David Tyree. Mm. I don't have any of those moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's my tech talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the halftime show was good though. <laughs> uh not when not when you have not when you're watching the super bowl with a boomer and then a gen x uh because the boomer pulled out her smartphone and started playing the beach boys over it oh so it's like okay i get it like this isn't my cup of tea either and i'm trying to be respectful and realize that this is not for me but the fact that they were trying to drown it out was making it worse. Well, yeah, especially with the beach boys. <laughs> and so, I, uh, yeah, you, you can tell my Super Bowl was a fun time. Yeah. And I would have well, stayed in, at my apartment and watched it, but uh, I don't get NBC very well at my apartment. So, uh, so for the next two years, CBS and Fox, we're going to get it just fine. <laughs> um the Steelers are we already talking about that Jarvis Landry is upset with the Browns what is that um I believe they want him to take a pay cut why that's what I said that's what I said you traded Odell He's making less than Odell was. I don't. I don't get it. I think outside of Nick Chubb, he's the second player I'd pay that's, first that's, on that offense. Yeah, that's true. They they have some good offensive linemen, but yeah, it's like you got Nick Chubb and you got Jarvis Landry. Those are your two two big guys there on the offense for the Cleveland. And honestly, when Baker doesn't have Jarvis, Baker is almost cuttable. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm completely on your side, but apparently he's upset with the Browns, and I think he's they're he's talking about wanting out. Yeah, remember when Cleveland fans thought they were a Super Bowl team? <laughs> um, call them out on their bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> the let's see. Oh. Uh... The XFL and NFL signed a deal that they're going to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm excited. You know, next year there's going to be XFL and USFL going on at the same time. Um, so I think that's going to be really fun to watch in the spring. 
Um, okay. The only downside that I find is that there are no Indiana teams, and so it makes me makes it very hard to find a team to root for. Yeah. It's um, like, the, oh, well, why don't you just like you know be a fan of the Michigan team? And it's like I literally hate Michigan in every single facet of my. Okay, no, I don't. I hate Ohio that way. But Michigan's not far behind. <laughs> okay. Um, Brian Gutenkuntz says he never promised Rodgers that he would trade him after the 2021 season, which was not what was reported when they reworked that deal. Yeah, I I things are going bad to worse in green bay i think rogers wants out yeah in a historic move you ready for this ben troy aikman is moving from fox to espn monday night football on a five-year 17 and a half million dollar per year contract Now, Sean Payton, Greg Olson, and Drew Brees are being looked at for replacements on Fox, but Joe Buck is also in the last year of his deal. Retire, 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 retire. I don't don't get the Joe Buck hate. He's so annoying and enthusiastic. I think that's what it is. He's enthusiastic. If he's too enthusiastic, he's biased. No, no. Uh, there's, um, oh, there's a really good commentator. He's for CBS. I can't think of his name, but like, Nance? Be, no, it's not Nance. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know his name, but he can get really into it. Uh, he does lots of radio broadcasts too. And so I think that's where he gets it from. Um, so if I, ha- if I pull up the name, you might remember it, but you know, he, he does a lot of the college basketball games, like on March Madness. Okay. Uh, I think he was in like NBA 2K9. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I mean, Ben, you're asking for some vague references here. <laughs> I just remember because that was like one of my earlier 2K games, and I know he was the commentator for that. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of Joe Buck. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's Clark Kellogg, maybe or okay. Kevin Hart, Kevin Hartland, one of one of those two. Okay, they're on TNT for the NBA. Which one's the older one? <laughs> I never see them, Ben. I just hear them. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aikman going. I mean, that's huge. Aikman's been on Fox for forever, and now he's going to move over for Monday Night Football, which also is big for Monday Night Football because they stink. I'm still watching the Manning cast. I don't think Troy yeah, gets that obviously. much better. I don't obviously. think Troy. <laughs> I don't think Troy Higgins that much better. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> His bias towards a freaking Cowboys annoys me. That's he true. does show bias. That's true. Um, let's see. We talk about that. Colts are potentially hiring Reggie Wayne as a wide receiver coach. I like that. I like that. You know, 
Um, Put Ursa, Reggie and T.Y. back together, you know? Yeah. Ursay's not happy about the lack of success produced by Ballard's roster. Um, McVeigh says he's not pursuing TV and is committed to the Rams. Gutenkunz says he's not receiving trade offers for Rodgers. And Dolphins GM Chris Greer says the door is shut on any trade for Watson. Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat those? I was complete. I was searching for my phone, but Ursa is not happy about lack of success for Ballard's roster. I mean, with we already touched on that. Yeah, McVeigh says he's not pursuing TV and is committed to the Rams. Again, no surprise there. Just a little extra TV drama for the Super Bowl. Um, Packers GM Gutenkunt says he's not receiving trade offers for Rodgers. He's not receiving them or no one's calling. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I think I, there's a difference there. Because I, I, I think probably Ballard's calling. He's yeah. just not picking up the phone. And Dolphins GM Chris Greer says the door is shut on Watson. The door is shut on Watson? What does that mean? On it, trading for Watson. For the Texans? The Dolphins GM, Chris Greer. I'm sorry. I was was searching on my phone again. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't multitask. All right. So the Dolphins, uh, they're out on Watson. I mean, yeah. uh, I really don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. No, no one's in on trading for Watson. Um, like no one's gonna Watson is do not touch until these lawsuits get figured out, and from what it looks like, nothing's gonna get done anytime soon. Yeah. Um, moving into the NBA, we had the trade deadline, and so lots of moves were made. The Trailblazers sent C.J. McCollum, Tony Snell, and Larry Nance to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Thomas Santoransky, and Nickel Alexander Walker and D.D. Luzoda and a 2022 first with protections and future second. So the Blazers' plan is to fully reshape the roster around Lillard. They created $21 million in a trade exception, potentially $60 million in space this summer, multiple draft picks and assets via New Orleans and Clippers trades, and they plan to pursue high-end talent. I mean, good for them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know enough about the NBA to really make an assumption on this. Yeah. I mean, you, you said a bunch of names. I don't think I recognize a single one of them. Well, CJ McCollum's the big one. Um, okay. He's a he's a fringe all-star player. 
Again, um, I didn't even know who CJ McCollum was. The only one so, I recognized was Damian Lillard. And so moving off of him, it leaves pretty much it, it it's it's Damian Lillard in Portland, and that's pretty much it. Um, it is interesting to me that they are planning to rebuild around Lillard as opposed to moving Lillard and just rebuilding. But um now the Pacers made a lot of moves. So that we already talked about how they traded Levert for Ricky Rubio, who has a torn ACL and will not play the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a first round pick in two seconds. Um, then they trade Stabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, and a second round pick to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, uh, and Tristan Thompson. So Tristan Thompson uh, was already been cut. Yeah, they 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 bought out Tristan Thompson. Um I think they probably would have traded Turner too if he hadn't have been hurt. Um but I guess uh, before I give you my analysis, I know your analysis is going to be something about how Sabonis is an all-star. Hmm? They traded Sabonis. He's the best player on the team. I mean, I mean, it was to be expected. I mean, it, it's better for Sabonis to be like, how good are the Kings this year? The King, I mean, the Kings aren't much better than the Pacers, but the Pacers are definitely bad. Oh, well, then I, I don't like the Pacers for not doing Sabonis a solid there, uh, giving them to a good team. But Sabonis did not deserve to be on the Pacers because the Pacers are a team that should have been good this year. Well, not great, but like they should have been in a playoff team. And the fact that they were horrible, even when they had all their starters, like, well, I guess they never were. I'm not even going to consider tj warren a starter anymore but yeah when even when they did have all their starters they weren't winning games and so yeah it's a bonus we got a new coach we tried making it work with this roster and a few different coaches i thought nate mcmillan would have made it work but clearly it didn't and so it was time for a blow up i wish we would have done Sabonis a solid and given him to a contender but no, I I don't have a problem with what just happened in Indianapolis. Well, you shouldn't because this is, I mean, the Kings got absolutely taken advantage of here. Um, <laughs> Sabonis, while he is the best player on the Pacers, that is not saying much. While he was an all-star, he's not going to be, I mean, he's not a difference maker on a championship team unless he's the third or fourth option. The, um, the Pacers, I believe, here's the only thing. At the beginning of the year, the Pacers extended Brogdon, and I didn't get it then, and it makes less sense now. Um, I, mean, I would have rather had them, you know, given Lavert the contract and not Brogdon. Yeah, that's what I mean. The the they extended Brogdon at the beginning of the year, and I didn't understand why they did it then, and it makes less sense now that they've they've kind of hit the hard reset and they're getting rid of everybody and bringing in new people. Um, 
But this trade does a lot of things, and let me break it down for you. So Sabonis was making 19 million this year. Next year he's going to make 21. Um, Jeremy Lamb, I believe, doesn't make too big of a difference. Justin Holiday was going to make six million next year. So they're off of that. The Halliburton comes in. He's one of the one of the uh, promising up and coming. He's in his second year. Um, he's on a rookie contract, so he's making like four million a, a year this year. I think it goes up to six by the two years from now. So he's making basically nothing because he's on his rookie deal. Um, Buddy Heald is making around Sabonis money, but it's decreasing. So after this year, he's going to make twenty million next year. He's going to make eighteen after that. Um. And then Tristan Thompson was an expiring contract, and they basically threw him in to get off his contract, and 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 they won't owe him anything next year. Um, right now, as it currently stands with the Pacers, the only people um, that um, are under contract. Let me pull it up here. So you got Buddy Heald. Um, oh, let me find the better. Find the better. Here it is. So you got Buddy Heald is making the most right now, but he's going to be making less and less each year. Miles Turner's got $18 million coming next year. I think he'll probably be traded in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if you try and sign or try and trade Malcolm Brogdon off after that extension. Between the two of them, that's $40 million. I mean, you could get like a star player for if you wanted to do like Brogdon and Turner and throw in something else. Um, TJ McConnell is under contract. Um Doing eight million a year, I believe. Rubio is an expiring contract. Warren is an expiring contract. Um, Jalen Smith is a team option. Tyrese Halliburton's a team option. They're going to take it. He's going to be making four. Chris Duarte is on his rookie contract. He's making under four. Uh, Goga is a team option to make four, or I guess a little less than five. Isaiah Jackson's on a rookie contract, making two and a half. O'Shea Brissett is on the mid-level exception. He's going to be making less than two. Lance is on an expiring contract. We don't need him back. And, we sign him. <laughs> and uh, Kiefer Sykes is a team option. And then you got, I, I would say, the two-way contract here. You got Dwayne Washington, who's a, who's a rookie right now. And you're finally – not going to be paying any penalty next year for Monte Ellis, um, who has been a cap hit for years, hasn't been on the team. Um, Monte Ellis. Yeah. I feel like that's like Paul George era, right? It was before Paul George. Why, why were we paying that? It's one of the penalties that came with his contract when you got rid of him. How long was his contract when we signed him? Probably like four or five years. I mean, like he's a, and I think you can spread it out. So I like this year you paid a penalty of like two and a half million dollars for Montellos, but that's finally going to be over after this year. Is he even still in the league? I don't think so. 
Good Lord. So next year, the point is next year, you're paying a lot of guys nothing outside of healed Brogdon and Turner. I would, I would try and package Brogdon and Turner together and bring in someone big um, in the off season. And then the, um, and then you're just looking at a bunch of guys, nothing. And you got all this cap space. You can try and bring guys in. Um, you're going to have a ton of draft picks um, because of these trades. Yeah, but we um, have two firsts coming up, right? And one yeah. of them is going to be a lottery pick. Yeah. And if the, if the, if they can continue to suck, it's going to be good picks. Um, so I, I think the future is bright. They're very young. Uh, you, you're looking at kind of building around this Chris Duarte, Tyrese Halliburton, Isaiah Jackson, Dwayne Washington. Um, Who's that Kings player that we got that's really good? Halliburton. Okay. Are we yeah. gonna be able, are we gonna be able to keep him for a while? Yeah, he's that's what I was saying. He's on his second year of his rookie contract. And so he's okay. under team option the next two years. Um was he the one that was upset like when the Kings traded him? Like he one of the Kings players was like, you know was upset that the Kings traded him because he's like, I thought I, you know, I meant something to this organization or something like that. I don't know. It was probably either him or buddy healed, mm. but I would, I would, I mean, you pair Brogdon and Turner up, they're making $40 million next year. You could, you could get a nice little, when the salaries have to match. So, but you pair up, you know, here's a couple nice, Roll sixth man guys and give us a solid starter. Um, or even just trading them separately, probably able to get decent return on them. But, um, I think the Pacers are set up here to be pretty. I mean, it'll be a rebuild, but I mean, it's a decent rebuild you know they're very young it looks like uh outside of i mean warren's expiring outside of that mcconnell's 29 brogdon healed are 29 then turner's 25 and everyone else is younger than him yeah get warren out of there yeah Talk about a biggest waste of potential yeah but i think i i think the Pacers are set up. They're going to, I mean, obviously they're really young, so I wouldn't expect, you know, them to turn around from this year and just be amazing next year, but they're going to have the cap room. They're not going to be paying guys too much. I could see if you can land a couple big guys, you could be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, this is a very boring time for me right now because a lot of times I use both NBA, a little bit of NBA and a little bit of NASCAR to bridge me over into baseball. Mm. There is so much going on right now. I mean, NASCAR is what I'm turned to. <laughs> Pun intended, actually. Um, <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but... uh. Yeah, I can't watch NBA because I really don't care. 
I mean, once the NBA playoffs start again, I, I get to hop back into my Phoenix Suns train. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I still want them to get a title. Um, but outside of that, it's like you know, baseball season's already been delayed. Um, but yeah, it's like I'm watching NASCAR up until the NBA playoffs because <laughs> I really don't care about the Pacers because I'm supposed to be rooting for them to lose, but I don't know how to do that. Um, Bradley Beal was subject to trade talks, but then had to go uh, undergo season-ending surgery on his left wrist. He's eligible to sign five years, $245 million contract with the Wizards this summer. Um, he has a player option for the um, for this summer. Um, let's see. Giannis, speaking of the Pacers, um, Giannis has regularly dominated the Pacers. And uh, a few weeks ago, he had 50 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 80% against the Pacers, which he's the third player in history to ever do that. If it's the freaking Pacers, they weren't even trying. <laughs> the let's see, All Star Weekend. Um, Carl Anthony Towns won the three point contest. Obi Toppin won the worst dog contest in history. Um, the Cavs team won the skills comp. Um, the All Star game was super fun. Um, the Let's see. LeBron called Oklahoma City's GM uh, the MVP after the Lakers did nothing at the trade deadline. Lots of drama stirring up in LA between LeBron and the organization. The Nets are. He called OKC's? Yeah. Why? Because the Lakers didn't do anything. And I'm guessing he just wanted to show appreciation for a GM he respected. Um, Did the OKC do make moves? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't pay super close attention. Um, I think I think it was more of LeBron being unhappy with the Lakers as opposed to any praise that he had for anybody else. Yeah, I hear there's lots of things going on in LA. Um let's see. The Nets, the other big trade, Nets traded Harden. Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two firsts in 2022 and 2027. Um, now, a lot of people are saying the Sixers overpaid, but if you ask me, I think they probably came out winning on this deal. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 when I initially heard it, I'm like, oh, Nets absolutely annihilated them on this trade. And then I was like, oh, Ben Simmons doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Well, that's part of it. I, I, when I, the thing for me is Philadelphia wasn't getting anything out of Simmons. Um, however, the promise was if he got traded, he would – and now he's still not playing. Um, and no so, one knows why. He's not hurt. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, he needs well, to get back in. That's the thing. Everything in Brooklyn – yeah, Kevin Durant got Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, and at any given time, no one knows what any of them are thinking. You know it's bad when Kevin Durant's the most mature person in the room. Yeah. But Drummond is not a big deal. 
Curry, I think, I think you, I think if the if the Sixers really wanted their way, they would have given up Simmons, Drummond, and the two first. Um, I think, but Curry had to be thrown in there for the Nets to take the deal. Um, but adding Harden with Embiid, I think the Sixers astronomically bettered their chances at, at success success this season. Mm-hmm. Um. Who cares about – I mean, with Harden on the team, that 2022 pick is going to be a low first because it's this year. And the 2027, who cares? Like, the <laughs> it's just too far away to care. See, here's something that I feel like, you know, maybe I'm way off because I don't really have a good touch on the NBA. There are some guys who – need to be the face of the franchise and there are some guys who need to be the best number two that there ever was like like paul george i feel like he needs to be the face he needs to be the guy Kawhi leonard he's better than paul george however he works better as a number two and i think james harden is gonna we're gonna find out he's kind of the same way Joel Embiid is the face of that franchise. However, when Harden's there, he's more than capable of working, um, you know, with that organization. And then when, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, he wanted to be that number one, but I don't think him or Kyrie Irving or James Harden when he was there or Ben Simmons currently, none of those guys are ones or quote unquote face of the franchise guys. That's why this thing is entirely imploding. You know, you could say Tevin Durant's a better player than Seth Curry. Or not Seth Curry, Steph Curry. But Steph Curry was the face of the franchise, and he's a number one. That's why it works. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, you know, how much you agree with me on that, but there are some players that perform better when they're the face of the franchise and the team works through them. And when a really good player just has to be a really good player. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the big difference between LeBron and Durant is LeBron is, has the leadership ability that Durant doesn't have. Yeah. Um, Steph, that's why when Durant went to the Warriors, it was still Steph's team. Yeah. Um, It's why... It's why the Clippers have fizzled out because they need Kawhi to be the one, and he's not. Um, and he wants and, to be. And it's almost as if it's almost as if the Clippers got better when Paul George took over as the one when Clyde Leonard got hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's because they were not performing good against it's the just, Mavericks it, last year. But when they played the Suns, and it was just Paul George, Paul George. You know, it was finally a playoff P that everyone, you know, kind of expected. Yeah, it's just the – you need the balance of players that have leadership, and it's not always – I think the default is you want to give the best player – you want to assume the best player is the leader. And that's not – I mean, look at the Suns. I think Booker's probably – as of right now – Obviously, in the you know all-time Chris Paul's you know one of the greats will be a Hall of Famer, but right now I think Devin Booker is a better player. But they oh yeah no question no question. But they weren't doing anything until Chris Paul got there. Yeah. Um, 
but but I think you see the anomaly. Well, not the anomalies, but you see the guys that you know. You got LeBron. You got Giannis. Um, the guys that are able to be the best player on their team, but also be the leader of the team. Uh huh. The Jordans. You know, you you. That's the that's the mold, and so I think the 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 trouble is when you have the best player, but he's not your leader. Yeah, and you know, I you know, it works for the Warriors because they they've been able to embrace Steph Curry, but mm. it doesn't work for the number two Kevin Durant going there. Well, yeah. I mean, it worked for a little bit, but you know, obviously, Kevin Durant wanted more. Um, but yeah, like you know, Dwayne Wade, you know, is another great example of it. Um, I, th- you know, not to take anything away from LeBron as a leader, but I think LeBron might have attained a lot of his leadership ability from Dwayne Wade when in their time in Miami. Yeah. Um, because it felt like LeBron, you know, again, I didn't really have, you know, I knew even less about the NBA back then. It felt like LeBron was just a really good player back then. And then when it felt like when he was in Miami, he kind of morphed into the LeBron James that we all know now. Yeah. And I think Dwayne Wade kind of helped him with that because Dwayne Wade was kind of the face of Miami while LeBron James was the best player. And then yeah. that kind of shifted to like the passing of the baton, as you mean you know, to where LeBron James kind of became both. And then he went to Cleveland and won a title. And then he went to LA and won a title. Yeah. Um, LeBron says the last year will be played with his son, which for me basically means right now he's, his son's not a lock for the NBA, but it basically means I'm going to ensure that my son at least gets a chance in the league by making it, if you draft my son, you also get me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, basically, here's what it here's what it comes down to. If you're the Pacers and you've got the ninth no. pick in the draft, hold on, you got the ninth pick in the draft. You're not looking at that as we're taking the ninth pick and we're drafting this, you know, LeBron's kid. We're taking the ninth pick and we're trading it for LeBron and we'll get LeBron's kid as a bonus. No, no, no. I think Pacers fans, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of all Pacers fans, but if I were to take a guess, getting LeBron James to join the Pacers would be like Tom Brady joining the Colts. No. We don't want that. We would never want that. No, it's not the same. I, 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 LeBron James has ended the Pacers' seasons and broken their hearts too many times for there to be forgiveness. Because <laughs> it feel like honestly, outside of the Miami Heat recently doing it in the bubble, I feel like the Pacers' playoff have ended by LeBron James every single year. I think I mean, there was a I think there that's was most the league point. though. <laughs> but the fact that two of them came out of Eastern Conference Finals in game 7 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 there's no looking past that. I don't think I don't think Pacers fans want it. Well, now, any, granted, granted, any there team, is a there any is a LeBron pulse in Indiana. I don't know why, but there is. So there's that. It, it, it in any way, I'm just saying, any team that is, you know, in two years, you know, we've got the eighth pick. What are we gonna do? Well, we could trade it for LeBron. You know, like that's how it's basically gonna be. Well, how productive is LeBron gonna be in two years? I mean, I mean, right now he's playing like the top two or three player in the league but it's not transitioning to wins it well that's because the rest of his team sucks <laughs> the team that he built that's not the, no not the team that he built the mm. team that he built with the lakers staff that also is in charge of building the team oh you don't you you know you you've self-admitted that you don't know too much about basketball here enough no need to be making wild claims uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I watch enough Colin Coward though. <laughs> oh, Colin Coward is not always right, my friend. Now Nick Wright, I would listen to him. Um, uh, yeah, going to LeBron's defense because he looks bad if he can't acknowledge that LeBron James really messed up putting this team together this year. He didn't put the team together. There's a GM oh. whose job specifically is called putting the team together. You know what? LeBron James has bullied every single GM where he's been on. And finally, halfway through the point of this year, a GM finally put his foot down to LeBron and said, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. JJ Redick calls Zion out for being an absent teammate because CJ McCollum got traded and Zion hadn't reached out. I mean, at this point, we are this close to calling Zion Williamson a bust. I mean, he. I'm. I'm ready to do it. You know, we want to do it. Like, well, I can't do it because when he has played, he has been a great player. Look, I mean, I think part of what makes a great player is availability. I think what makes uh, you know one of LeBron James's strongest arguments of being the goat is his longevity of being a great athlete. One of Tom Brady's best arguments is his longevity and not being able to collapse. Zion has none of that. That is true. So you got to be able to maintain some longevity as a player. You know, and if Zion just wants to throw a hissy fit, like – all the other great players, you know, James Harden, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, Anthony Davis, you know, all those other guys, and be a really talented player. But because you're not in a place you don't want to be, or because, uh, you know, you can't be a one, you're just going to be a bust. You know, I, I, I don't see, like, what's Zion's other option? You know, Oh, I want to go to one of these like big popping cities like uh, L.A. or New York. Yeah, what team is doing good in those areas? Like, um, uh, well, I think. Oh, that... I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Look, don't get me wrong. If he went to the Lakers, you know, they'd be a different team. But I'm just saying, it's like, what are you gonna bring to that table that's gonna change that franchise? Because it sounds to I me mean, like you can't bring is... anything. All I know is if he was available today, regardless of everything, the Knicks would sign him in a heartbeat. 
And I get it, but it's like, you know, I don't see him changing the Knicks. I mean, I don't either, but that doesn't mean that no one wants him. I mean, I, I, I guess I understand that, but <sighs> I, I, I'd have to look at a list of players that were drafted after Zion and I'm sure there are already players who have made way well, bigger. Well, Ja, Ja Morant down in Memphis, he was second pick. Yeah, like in Memphis, they're not even that good of a team, are they? They're pretty good this year. I think they're mid-seed in the West. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, that answers, that that's, that's your answer right there. I mean, Zion is not doing anything for the Pelicans. R.J. Barrett was the third. He's in New York. He's been decent in New York. I mean, the Knicks made the playoffs last year. I mean, I'm well. That wasn't so much to do with R.J. Though he's been better this year. Um, DeAndre Hunter's in Atlanta. Darius Garland was an All Star this year. He's in Cleveland. Cavs are a good team. Kobe White, Brandon Clark is in Memphis. Um, let's see. Cameron Johnson, the Phoenix guy, with the Afro. I mean, he was the only one that could play basketball in, what, game six or game set? No. Tyler Hero down in Miami. You know, yeah, okay. See, they, these are already guys who are making a name for themselves. Goga? <laughs> yeah, these guys have already made a name for themselves in Matisse the NBA. Stiebel. I I think it's sad. It's sad. Zion has not made a name for himself in the NBA. Well, I mean, he's made a name. For he's him. made a name for himself by Duke and what he did in high school. His name in the NBA, you know, if you didn't know him from March Madness, you wouldn't know who this kid is. Like, if you blindly just followed the NBA and heard that the Zion kid was pretty good, and then you're looking around at guys like Tyler Hero and Cam Johnson being one of the you – know, being one of the better players in uh, finals performance. You know, you, you, you'd be kind of be like, yeah, this guy's a bust. Uh, in the all-star game, Steph broke the record. He had eight threes in, forget if it was a half or a quarter. He had 16 total. He had 50 points, too shy of the points record. And he won the all-star MVP. Uh, Chris Paul's injured. His thumb is going to be out several weeks. That's not the worst thing. And Oladipo could make his debut by the second week of March down in Miami. Gosh, dang it. Well, looks like we're seeing a Suns and Heat finals. What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Oladipo's going to be that. It's like a difference. <laughs> I will say this: Colin Coward uh, did propose this idea 
of LeBron James going back to Miami. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing how he would work with Jimmy Butler and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like that would be better for LeBron James right now. I think this Laker experiment has yeah, not, no, not I think been. anywhere would just be about better than the Lakers right now. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot of good. He's not doing himself any favors by staying in L.A. Yeah, because I don't know, like, you know, what you know, say he's the go, say he's not the go, you know, whatever it is. Public perception is a lot, you know, as much as I want to say, you know, oh, Brady's not the go and I can make it my case, whatever, you know, public perception is always going to have him as the go. And it's kind of going to have to be something that I live with that people are just going to call him that, you know, it's whatever. I'll yeah. make my case, but you know, that's just going to be public perception. Mm-hmm. If LeBron James keeps on going down this path with the Lakers, like I don't think his public perception is benefiting, benefiting here. And so like, and I think that will help what Jordan, you know, in help Michael Jordan in the debate of go is that LeBron James isn't going to have a, you know, good public perception outside of the Jordan or not outside of the Jordan, outside of the, you know, the LeBron fans. Mm-hmm. Now I think he can revive that if he goes back to Miami. Um, because that's kind of where he made his career skyrocket but yeah uh, i think the lakers are not good for lebron at this point (laughs) um no one watched the winter olympics but uh the u.s what i did um what what did you watch it was kind of on in the background (laughs) i watched a little bit of curling a little bit of the sledding's kind of fun to watch. I will say that. Um, the U.S. won the first ever medal in figure skating team event. Uh, Michaela Schifrin um, was supposed to be this great skier, but she had three did not finishes in qualifying for like her three events. So she didn't even qualify for the things. Um, Sean White had his final run. That's about all I watched. Him and Chloe Kim was about all I watched on the snowboarding half pipe. Um, that's all I really got. There was, I mean, they weren't exciting. There wasn't a whole lot of buzz about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Winter Olympics just isn't that as exciting as the summer. Yeah. Um, Juwan Howard punched Wisconsin a instant. In his five game suspension. Idiots. <laughs> I mean, both coaches are idiots. Like I, I know the Wisconsin guy started it, but you don't swing. Yeah. <laughs> like you I want to know what he said. <laughs> I if if it's not the N-word, then yeah, you don't swing. <laughs> um Derek Jeter is stepping down as the CEO of the Marlins due to frustration over owners. Who's stepping down with the frustration over the owners? 
Derek Jeter is stepping down as CEO of the Marlins due to frustration with baseball owners. Well, the Marlins don't have any fans anyway, so. <laughs> but Derek Jeter does. Um, <laughs> that is true. But, yeah, it's baseball is in a lot. Yeah, but, baseball's uh, kind of it. Uh, well, let, me, let me read this first. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced regular season games are going to be canceled after a failure to reach agreement and walk out. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Like baseball is kind of in hot water, but at the same time, it's like we've seen an NBA lockout, we've seen a NFL lockout, like we've seen these before, and they both come back. However, they were, you know, obviously baseball wasn't has been struggling to get viewership over the last few years, and so when they come back, it'll be more the same thing. Like, I don't think baseball is going to be in this huge situation, but the league is going to completely collapse on itself. Mm -hmm. They'll get this figured out. Uh, There will be some sort of a baseball season this year. Is it going to be shortened? Obviously, because already some of them have been shortened, but that that's, that's what the, that's what it is. That's all I have. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of co- lots of things we covered there. I don't think anything new has happened. Sometimes new things happen, like as we're doing this. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, it's it's so sad when uh, football season's over. Yeah, we like the. Oh, sorry. Right now is like the kind of dead time of the sports year. This and uh, July and August. Well, see, see that that's where baseball comes in for me. But I know you're not really big into baseball. But yeah, this 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 right here is the worst time because I resort to watching either the Indiana Pacers or NASCAR and. I can't watch a team lose intentionally. It's just, it pains me. Well, they're not losing intentionally. And a matter of fact, they've been winning, which is annoying, but we wish they were losing intentionally. Um, Really? (laughs) I mean, I saw they beat Boston, but I don't even think Boston was trying in that game. Well, they beat Boston. They beat Orlando tonight. They just, they're winning. It's like, Hey, you guys are supposed to be losing. Oh my um, gosh! They actually had a fourth quarter comeback. The uh, um, March Madness is in a couple weeks, so that's when that's where uh, oh, things start getting a little more exciting. You get March Madness, then you get the NFL draft. Yep, the NFL free agency stuff like that. Which this March Madness should probably be really, really fun to watch. I've heard there's no one really knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, obviously, like last year, Baylor winning, no one really expected that. But the fact that, you know, everyone kind of assumed Gonzaga was going to win and they were in the championship this year, like this past, what was it, Saturday? The one through six of the top seeds lost. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then I think even the nine, the nine team even lost too. Mm. So like, yeah, it's going to be a whole mess of things. 
it's gonna be a lot of madness. Yep. Who knows? Maybe in this madness, Purdue can finally win a tournament. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be that mad. I mean, they're a top ten team. Uh, uh, they've been there before. <laughs> I, I I am aware. I was so upset with them last year, but hey, when it comes to college basketball, I root for any Indiana team except Purdue. See, I'm the exact, well, not the opposite. Um, I am that exact same way, except for I will root for Purdue. When Carson <laughs> Edwards was going off that one year. Man, I wanted him to get a title so bad. Purdue just stinks. Why are you, what are you getting against Purdue? P.U. Man, I, I root for the best Indiana team, okay? And right now, that is Purdue this year. So, I will root for Purdue. And trust me, when I say I root for the best Indiana team of each year, I, I truly mean that. There was a year where I had to root for Indiana State because all the other Indiana teams were garbage. All I can tell you is whenever Purdue's in the bracket, it doesn't matter where they are. I either have them losing first round or I have them losing second round, and I've never regretted it. Well, maybe you didn't regret it, but a couple of years ago, it actually hurt you. How far did they get? I think they went to the Sweet 16. Oh, so they made it one more round than I had them. Okay. Like I said, <laughs> you probably didn't regret it, but it did hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> they almost they almost went to the Elite Eight. Uh, or I think they might have actually been to the Elite Eight, and they almost made it to the Final Four. I can't remember. They lost to Virginia, who ended up winning the whole thing. Well, that's all I have. Check out the link in the show notes for all the – information and social media and all that stuff you already know um i think that's it all right sign on see us next time on run up the score